Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. Victory, Kentucky. <laughs> like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, October 3rd, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Nice. Okay. 14.50 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Hope everybody's having a great start to their week. Nick Roush, how are you? Did you have a good birthday? Uh, Sure. It was, it was, it was a fine, fine birthday. Um. But, you know, eh, it feels like it was an eternity ago. Game happened on Saturday. I'm a little bummed, but I, I did have a very good Sunday because I was at a two-year-old's birthday, and they had a, a bounce house there. And, man, the bounce houses they have for kids these days, top-notch stuff. Like, this one had a slide and a basketball goal in it. Uh, Duke just six hours nonstop and then crashed and burned for 12. So. Uh, it was a it was a good day for dad to sit next to bounce house with uh, some ice cold ones and watch a little NFL on the tube and uh, hang out with some house. So I had a good Sunday. Well, that's great. That's great to hear. It was a uh, weather all weekend. Beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, good. Good day of NFL Sunday as well. Scooter, how are you? Justin Kalen, our producer. What's up? I, I'm pretty good. I had a good weekend as well. First bonfire at the new place went swimmingly. Um, I just did a whole lot of relaxing this weekend, so I was, I was, I'm pretty happy, refreshed, ready to be back for a Monday. Are, are you nested? Have you nested into your new house? Almost. It, it's looking pretty good in there. We've got a majority of the boxes out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's starting to come together, starting to look like a home. Give me about another two weeks, and, and it'll be all set. Well, good. We're we're happy to hear it. The you got the bed frame all set up though. That's most important. Oh yeah, that was day one. Good, good. That's what we like to. That's what we like to hear. Uh, all right. Well, we got a lot to get to on today's show. As Roush mentioned, it was a, a nice NFL Sunday. Green Bay. Just don't ask how it Man. happened. They, they they move on to three and one. Still atop the <laughs> uh, the NFC North. We we were on tie watch there for a minute, Teach. I thought it was happening. I wasn't so much worried about the tie just because, well, New England got the ball in overtime in pretty decent field position, so I wasn't thinking the tie so much there. 
And then once Green Bay had it, they they were in kind of a spot where they, after getting a few first downs, all right, worst case scenario, you are probably tying. But even in that range, they were still in field goal. They they were still in Mason Crosby range, although he's been a little shaky over the last couple of years. So I I was happy to see it go through. That would have been such a terrible, terrible loss. yeah, Zappy. Bailey Zappy at quarterback. I mean, the third string guy. Although, love, love me some ba- Bailey Zappy, but like, I mean, Tom Brady ain't walking through that door, right? No, no, and he he did okay. He actually settled in a little bit. They just uh, they were able to establish the run game. So I feel like they thought to themselves, "Hey, we don't even need to have this guy throw. We'll just keep running the ball." Um, but no, it would have been a horrible loss for Green Bay. That pick six before the half, I was like, "Of course, Green Bay losing to this goober." Here at halftime. And then second half, they I thought like, all right, well, maybe Green Bay would just run away with it. Nope, not the case. But they were still able to win. They don't paint the pictures on the records and the standings, but that was an ugly one. But a win all the same. The let's see, did, did the Steelers play? Didn't I think they did? Yeah. 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 It um was let's not talk, talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Well we it wasn't looking good, and then it looked better. And I'm going to be honest with you, TJ. I was like, oh, sweet. Got to win over the Jets. Like, game over. And it it was out of sight, out of mind. And then I look up because uh, the the Bills-Ravens game was close. So we were, I was walked in on that one. And then they cut in, and the Jets are going down to score the go-ahead touchdown. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what's going on here? What the hell? It's uh, it's not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. That's why yesterday I was wearing my Josh Allen Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. They they gave the Eagles some hell. Really wanted uh, them to ruin Trevor's party. Wow. Is is this Roush jumping off the Steelers bandwagon in real time? No, no. Just, you know. Better not be for the Jaguars. Jeez. Both, both of these teams are fun to watch. I'd say the Jaguars have a, a, a really nice foundation. They Bright future. Bright, super bright future. But the is it the is it Kenny Pickett era in Pittsburgh? Many people are wondering. Many people are, and uh, I think it is. I mean, I think so too. Yep. Did he do okay when he came in? Did he? I'm looking. He was ten of thirteen. That's okay. Three interceptions, though. That's not. Ooh, interesting. Wow. Every incompletion he had was an, in, an interception. Spin zone, zero incompletions. Yeah. Every one of his passes. Every right. one of his passes was caught. That's huge. That's a, that's a hell of a way to start your NFL career. Uh, the Zappy guy for New England was the first rookie to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL this season. Which oh, nice. You kind of probably unusual by this point in the year. But uh, all right. So the Kenny Pickett era starting. Big time and with a with a bang, with a nice loss to the New York Football Jets. Sheesh. Hey, you know what though? It could be worse. We could be Carl Durrell or Paul Chris. That's that's true. Pretty shocking that we, because it used to be one of those things where you would get some in season terminations, but like. Barring some sort of NCAA investigation, it didn't happen until late November with like two games to go, right? You, that that's what happened with Petrino. Uh, same thing with uh, Joker. Um, there's a lot of those kind of. All right, you, you made it. We, we get it. We're gonna let you finish out the season. They're not doing that anymore. Um, the one that, I mean, Colorado is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. 
But the Paul Chris is shocking because he's he's won some good games uh, for the Badgers. And, you know, um, I think it was Big Cat who said, I thought he was going to do the I'm retiring at the end of the season thing and just stepping down. Um, but they they pulled the trigger quickly and handed the keys to Jim Leonard after Brett, Brett Bielma handed him a, a whooping on Saturday at uh, Camp Randall. So that was a that was a significant significant move in the college football world. Yeah, big time news. You're right. It, it's uh, it hasn't been, I should say, a new trend and coaches not making it to the end of the season. But exactly what you said, it seems like it's getting sooner and sooner where athletic departments are, are saying, "Hey, let's let's move on from this guy." I guess each each situation's different, as we often say here on KRC. It's not it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area, so you you have to kind of know the makeup of the team, the program, where things are, where things are headed. I, I I don't see the benefit of doing it so early. It maybe allows you to get in line a little bit earlier with coaches, and you can have your people reach out to agents and get a better idea who you may or may not get. Um, seems like in Wisconsin standpoint they may just hire within which makes it even more head scratching everything else going on mm-hmm. uh, but some situations I think it makes sense few probably but most I don't see how you couldn't wait till November um, I don't know it seems like college sports is becoming more professionalized and I'm sure there's some folks listening saying well with the new it is basically professional uh, but you're getting more of just like, hey, this start was unacceptable. We're, it, it's not so much like, hey, this is our university's football team, and you are our head coach, and just go out there and try your darndest, represent the university, and make us all proud. Now it's, hey, we had an agreement. You were going to be doing a better job. We're going to fire you now. Instead of the end of the season, they're doing it much sooner and less margin for error in Power 5 schools, as you're seeing this year. So. That, that's going to be an interesting development as time goes on, just knowing week one, week two, week three. Although, talk, we, we've got a lot to get to regarding our, our own favorite football program over the weekend, but perhaps mm-hmm. there's a, a football program even closer to yours and I's home where they may be talking about yeah. moving on from a coach sooner rather than later. Uh, that's why the whole thing is so interesting to me, is just the timing of when like, yeah, why now, right? Is that, yeah, it, like, it, it could be maybe they just want the post-coach firing interim coach bump. I mean, Georgia Tech beat Pitt. <laughs> they hadn't – I don't know. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, I was watching that game Saturday night, and it was kind of a flipping in between sort of deal. But every time – I mean, poor Pitt, like playing in that empty stadium, nobody cares at all about their games unless they're playing somebody big. It, it was a sad sight to behold. And in that sleepy, that, that's just where Georgia Tech thrives, a sleepy environment. And they're, they were running all over them. Hassan Hall, that was a name from the past I, I forgot about. Um, they, they, they gave Pitt all sorts of hell in that upset win. Uh, meanwhile, Hassan Hall's former team is losing to Boston College. And I know you were not there. You were at the game, so you were, you were not watching any of it. I I just saw some, like, it was one of those things where post game, all of a sudden, I start seeing a bunch of really depressed Louisville tweets, and I'm like, "No, they didn't lose this game, did they?" And sure enough, they they did. They they lost that football game. Yeah, I was keeping tabs at the in Oxford at the game, 
just on college football throughout the country and noticed every time I do an update, which, you know, probably maybe once an hour, if that uh, was noticing that they were winning comfortably, winning comfortably. And then everything gets wacky and wild in Oxford. And I, I don't check my phone for a little bit and we're leaving and we're walking through campus on the way out and uh, checking my phone. I'm like, well, may as well see the final and some of these other games. And that's when my buddy was like, yeah, you have a loss. And I was like, what loss? He's like, yeah, lost by a point. I was like, they were winning the whole game. I was like, there's no way they lost by a point. Sure enough, go check. And uh, they did. So I didn't get to see exactly how it all went down, Roush, uh, right. for that one. But that, that is a horrible, horrible loss for UofL. And it almost seems universal from their media standpoint. They're like, all right, this was probably the one you don't come back from. This is the one you, 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 can't, you can't avoid. But we'll see. So far still the head coach you still are kind of having to juggle and balance that big recruiting class maybe you don't feel like you should pull the plug right now because you worry about how that could happen maybe if you're josh hurry the athletic director at L, you may not want to pull the plug at all because you, you you feel confident that if you keep the right head coach you can keep the recruiting class and maybe that's Maybe the, they figure the juice is worth the squeeze. Regardless, they've got some tough decisions to make. People mm-hmm. aren't happy. Uh, I know a lot of UK fans today aren't happy. We're going to talk about the loss in Oxford, but uh, at least a little perspective. It, it, it could be worse. At least UK is not worrying about firing a coach middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and moves into a Boston College team. You want to talk about nobody there. That Chestnut Hills was empty. Um, I saw Malik Cunningham got hurt too, but I don't know exactly what the case was there but either way they're they're bad they're they're really really bad so things things can't always be worse um but tj it was a pretty bad loss on saturday at all miss uh we we've seen some some stinkers right you you we've we've experienced some painful kentucky football losses in our lifetime this one felt a little different in that in a lot of those painful losses, you kind of felt like Kentucky was punching over its weight and they just made one mistake at the end of the game and it cost it was too costly. This time, it felt like Kentucky was the better team and they just kept make, making mistakes, but it didn't matter because they were better. They still should have won and they had the game won. They had the go-ahead touchdown, but it was wiped off and uh, ultimately the Wildcats ended with an L. Yep, I think there's a lot of similarities and parallels between the loss in Oxford on Saturday to the loss to Tennessee last season. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. more probably offensive-oriented in, in Lexington and 2021 against the balls, and maybe more of a defensive battle in Oxford on Saturday. But you went through the game. Kentucky played far from perfect. You, you could make a case that uh, some of the mistakes were – as uncharacteristic as you've had this season, although some of them have just, you've been kind of waiting for them to happen in bigger games, more important games. But as the game went on, you just were thinking to yourself, oh, I think Kentucky is the better football team between these two teams. I think Kentucky is the better football team uh, and should come away with a win here. And similar to that Tennessee game, it was an emotional roller coaster of you just kind of needed the defense in that game. You needed kind of the defense to wake up, 
get you a stop and then let the offense go do its thing. And then it happened. And you, it was like such a roller coaster of a ride that you were like, okay, well, the defense did what they needed to do. That's that feels like the hard part. Now the offense just go make it happen. And then you had the penalty, and it was at one point you felt like you were gonna win it, and then you felt like at worst you were maybe gonna tie it. And you had a lot of similarities on Saturday, except instead of wanting the defense to wake up, you were, hey, just need the offense to wake up, need the offense to wake up. Defense did their thing. Now the offense go do their thing. And then you hit the big play, Roush, and then you're thinking you're going to win. And at worst, you're probably going to get a tie. And you, 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 it was just, it, it really was it, like the stock market up and down, up and down. And you, before you even know it, you blink and you're like, Mm-hmm. Wait, we lost? Like, wait, we're talking about winning or tying, and everything was going right, and you had the big plays that you needed. We, we lost. Like, it's over. It's, it, it's right then and there. It was and so the sudden, next, too. It, well, it was. That was the thing. <laughs> like, you, you had the touchdown pass. Okay, well, forget about the tie. You're winning, and then it was literally the next play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the thing was too is there was a there was a little bit of that kind of fleeting moment uh, when. Levis fumbled the first time, right, at on the third and two inside the 20. And But in my mind, it's like, wait, wait, wait. They still have two timeouts. There's three minutes left. They can get the ball back. Like There's there's time. And it took, what, two plays for Barry on Brown to break it, a big one and get inside the 10. It was almost too fast, right? It was kind of like the, the Citrus Bowl against Iowa where Wandale scored or got down there with over – I think they started with five minutes left, but that drive, they scored with two minutes and gave Iowa plenty of time to come back. There was part of me, I'm like, maybe they should have should run the ball some here just to get the clock moving, make sure Lane Kiffin doesn't get the ball back. And nope, it was a straight drop back pass. Levis was looking for a double move, gets trip sack, game over. Um, just so many mistakes, so many. Um, I'm sure the Texas are going to point it out in the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 is a number. Um, just like Thornton's every morning, that text line's going to be popping. Stop on into Thornton's today, download the refreshing rewards app, get some coffee, get some donuts, make your Monday a little less Monday. Um, but TJ, that just, uh, you, the amount of mistakes where if you just change one of them, Kentucky's probably winning that football game. It, it was, it was such a long list of mistakes. Uh, which, which one was most frustrating to you in the stands? Uh, I don't, I don't know. They, they were all frustrating. Um, in the stands, it's probably a little different because you, you think like Ole Miss, uh, you know, I would much rather do it in a win, just like rave about the experience. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was nice. It, like it, it was great. Highly for, I mean, they're, and again, I'd say at least a third, if not like two fifths of the stadium was UK fans. Uh, one side obviously was predominantly Ole Miss, but then the other side was like well more than 50% UK fans. It's probably right. closer to like 60 or 70% UK fans on the other side of the stadium. Um, and, and like, you know, they had two different UK sections, but they were on opposite ends of the field. And I was in the middle of it on the one end and you just, you looked all the way up. It went all the way up. Just UK blue. You looked down UK blue all the way to the, where the band started 
for Ole Miss. There were so many Kentucky fans there. But one one negative I will say, and Ole Miss isn't the only place in the country that's guilty of this, and sometimes I'm, I don't like that UK has an issue with this. They just did not show replays. Anything yeah, yeah. that was even the most slightly controversial, they did not show it. And a little part of me wanted to blame possibly Aaron Rodgers for his comments after their win in Tampa last weekend mm-hmm. where he was like, the PA guy maybe showed a little too much. And uh, people didn't know if he was talking about the play clock or if he was talking about like tipping their hand on the play. But regardless, it was a reminder to teams that, hey, let's not give anything away here. So like the the touchdown pass, the illegal motion, illegal shift, illegal formation. That, that was that was, looked, that was hard. It looked it looked bogus. I mean, I like it, it was, just looked it looked bogus. It was very ticky tack for like like Georgia on their fourth and one conversion. It was a pretty clear false start, and they the refs just let them play through uh, because they're Georgia, right? Kentucky. That was a very ticky tack call. Now, if you just wait a half second, you don't you give them zero excuses to call that. But it was still very bang bang ticky tack. I just I couldn't believe they called that. The one that you probably didn't notice in real time as badly as some of us did was Barry on getting tripped by Lavelle right on the kickoff return. I, I, that one I've I've watched that return like eleven times. Jeez. That was that was some Reggie Bush stuff, right? The the juke on the sideline mm-hmm. crossing the field. He was going to beat that dude to the pylon. Like that was incredible. I. I and all to have your guy try to like sprint by him to make a block, trip him up. Like, come on. Yep. Yeah, notice that in the stands. That uh, that was, I mean, that was the thing leaving the game that made it equal parts frustrating, but also n- not slightly comforting. Comforting is not the right word, but like the fact all these crazy, stupid, idiotic things happened that cost Kentucky the game. Should we really view UK football differently today than if they had found a way to win? And I mean, the answer is yeah, we would because the number is different, the expectations of bowls and this, that, and the other are different. But that you know, that's the funny thing about sports is UK literally looks like the better team. The ball just literally bounces the wrong way in some instances. You get maybe some unfavorable calls or some tough calls on the road. And not that UK doesn't benefit from it from time to time, but there were some that that, that were frustrating. Should we really view UK that much differently than we did a week ago? We know this team is not perfect. They have some flaws. We were hoping that you're going to be able to overcome some of those flaws and win. They they probably should have done those things. They should have overcome some of their flaws and their mistakes and the defense having a little bit of a slow start and then the offense making some mistakes. But unfortunately, just too sloppy and and you come away with a loss. But I still look at every game on the schedule and and say, hey, UK should be able to to be competitive, if not win these games. Even the Georgia game maybe looks a little bit more winnable, potentially. Maybe the Missouri game looks a little bit more challenging, possibly, just the way you look at it. But I don't don't view UK that much differently. That being said, another two – I mean, both those fumbles, too, I would have loved to see replays in the stands. You didn't get to see them. I think on the first one, you can. I think you could make a case that if they called him down on the field, I don't know if there would be enough to overturn it. And then the second one, you saw a lot of people talk about it, but the the targeting that that did not happen or was not called that should have been called on that. Uh, and I think again, I, they I, they got the right call, but 
You could also make a case that he had the ball coming forward and it was the start of a passing motion before the ball had gotten knocked out. Uh, again, you're, you're probably they probably made the right call. I They missed the targeting, which they should have gotten. But those were controversial calls, and it just sucks that they didn't go Kentucky's way. It, it sucks that Levis couldn't get the ball out a half second earlier. And Roush, it also sucks. I agree that like you, I, I think you had some opportunity to run the ball. The you, the middle of the field was open there. I think at least you're probably getting down to like the three or around that ballpark where you really make things interesting. So it was just unfortunate. The ball bounced the wrong way. It sucks. It hurts. But that's sports and. Uh, I'm not viewing this team differently, but they've got flaws, and 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 they, they yeah. there's a lot they can clean up. Mm-hmm. No, and you make a good point, TJ. That this that they've been kind of what they we thought they would be, um, except the offensive line's been worse than I anticipated, and there wasn't much wasn't much more clicking. Like the the hits are adding up, right? Like all all of that stuff. The I feel like you can see it in, in Levis's play. Like he's he's fighting admirably, um, but it feels like the the hits are starting to take a toll on him a little bit, um, and that's unfortunate, right? That that's the one thing about this team. I wanted to have a little bit more confidence in the offense after this game, but it is kind of the same old inefficiencies. Um, either way, though, like you you did enough to win, and as we said going into this, if you you won at Florida, so you got a little bit of wiggle room, right? Like now, now you do have to take care of business at Tennessee, and that game might be much harder, might be much easier. We don't know, but uh, it's just it's it's never fun being this close to a win and knowing you had it there, and even seeing the game-winning touchdown, and just to have that taken away, it's just it it hurts. It hurts, and ah. we're gonna be we're gonna be hurting this week. There's gonna be a lot of like, how did we lose this game? I mean, because it's just oh. that's the thing is that like I can weirdly enough can live with the loss and how it all unfolded, and like it, it just the ball bounced the wrong way. It just did. You got the wrong call. The ball bounced the wrong way. It just it. It didn't go the way that we wanted, and I can live with that. The only issue is the situation of it all. Like you were the number seventeen, you were mm-hmm. the number seven team in the country. You were taking on a top fifteen opponent on the road. You had a chance to move to five and zero. You had a chance to maybe move into the top five and have two top fifteen wins under your belt five weeks into the season. You had a chance to be a top five team going into your first SEC home game, which would have just made, I think the atmosphere on Saturday is going to be really good regardless, but it would have just been an all timer for a South Carolina game. And then you would have taken care of business. They'll take care of business this weekend. Uh, I look forward to seeing the way that they bounce back. I know traditionally Stoops has allowed sometimes one loss to beat them twice, but I, I feel like they're going to have a good bounce back week this week. And then you can do it all again for the Mississippi state game still as a top five team. And, and it would have set up probably the biggest UK Tennessee game in the history of that rivalry. And that's the thing that sucks about it. It's not so much that you came up a little bit short, or as I've mentioned a thousand times, and I'll mention it a thousand times more, the ball just bounced your way. It didn't bounce your way. You didn't get the right call at the right time. Uh, You know, maybe a little home cooking, but they were bang, bang calls and they just didn't go your way. And it sucks. 
the situation of it, Roush, it hurts a lot more than how it unfolded on Saturday, if that makes any sense. It, the loss hurts. I've seen a million heartbreaking Kentucky football losses, as any lifelong UK football fan has. But and this team will be fine. Like again, you you can get right back into the top ten if you take care of business at home. If you can upset Tennessee or Georgia, because UK most likely, almost certainly, will be underdogs in both those games. You under you upset one of those teams, boom, you're right back into the thick of everything you where you were before the Ole Miss game. But that's what makes those close calls even hurt so much more, is because you were so darn close to uh, to some uncharted territory for UK football, at least in our lifetime. And uh, again, ball just didn't bounce the right way on Saturday, unfortunately. No, no, but um. Hey, we still got a lot of good football left to go. Like you said, South Carolina, not the most difficult team to bounce back against uh, in the Mark Stoops era. Cats opened as 10-point favorites at Circa. Fandle had it at 13-and-a-half, um, which was pretty remarkable. Um, but we've got all week to talk about that. How about we take our first break, TJ, and then we can dive into some of the Texters' thoughts on the Thornton's text line. That sounds great to me. I think uh, the text line is going to bring up – pretty much all the big plays from Saturday and all the main talking points. So we're not done talking about it, although I know if you all are anything like us, it, it still hurts and it stunk. But this team still has a lot of uh, a lot of wins on the schedule, a lot of fun moments. So we'll come back. We'll get to the text line. We'll talk about whatever else is going on. A lot more action from Saturday's college football slate. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Crouch, and Justin Kennedy. Police. No, ma'am. We're Kentucky Roll Call. We're on a mission from God. Come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to that same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Wasn't a bad news for all the local team scoots. The, the Hoosiers couldn't get it done either, could they? Oh, my gosh. It was horrible. I, I can't believe I watched as much of that game as I did. They're They're so bad. So bad. It's embarrassing. It really is. You want Tim Allen gone? Uh, no, I really like Tom Allen, but something <laughs> I, I don't something has to be done. I don't I don't know what it is, but this team is just so incompetent. I can't handle it. It's it's so bad. Well, always next year though. <laughs> yeah, they win three more games. Woohoo! <laughs> but you still but you love the coach. Jesus. <laughs> well, it wasn't all bad news. Our buddy Nick Roush has a perfect week on the Picks of the Week segment. Wow. On his birthday week. Nicely done. Yeah, and it, it's just a real shame. I, I, didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any extra free time to go make that Mississippi State wager in person. Because that, that was a uh, – that came to me at the, the kind of 11th hour, if you will. And I, I even tried to bet amongst my friends, and they didn't want 
they, they didn't want any of the action either. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a decent betting weekend. Cats covered uh, plus seven. Hey, speaking uh, of the cats covering, I got cats plus sixteen and a half after they went down fourteen nothing. Threw the house at it. <laughs> no, that's the it, great thing about live gambling. Love it's it. Crazy that it went all the way up to that though. Like, yeah, that's an insane number. Well, not that anybody cares about old TJ. I also had a perfect week in picks of the week. So wow. wow! Suck it, to Scooch. Really, you were the only one who uh, didn't. Yeah, you know that uh, that Kent State Ohio game was nowhere close to the over. I mean, they were at like ten to ten in the third quarter. I was like, "What in the hell is happening?" And then I checked back, and it was in overtime, thirty-one twenty-four. I, I think it was Ohio that had the ball driving, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, could this really happen? Could I get a backdoor hit on this over?" And wasn't to be. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Scoots, that's funny you bring that up because I, I was following along. We left after the game, Roush. Uh-huh. By the way, besides the the exception of the UK football team, I, nobody got home quicker on Saturday than I did. A noon <laughs> ga- a noon game, and I was back on my couch at nine forty five p.m. Nice, nice. Wow, it was incredible. Like I, you know, if Kentucky had won, I may have hung out a little bit longer. But we had kind of made up our mind that, like, all right, most likely we're going to just be driving back. And really happy I did because that made for a more, a much more pleasant Sunday, just being able to wake up in your own bed and, and with, the, uh, with the London game, which was awesome, by the way. Being able to watch that was really, really enjoyable. Yeah, but a noon yeah. game in Oxford, and I was back home at 945. No traffic that's, to speak of on the way home. It's incredible. Like, that's like – I don't. I barely get home that early, like from a game in Lexington. <laughs> you I, I, know, I, I was thinking the same thing, and I, it, it did cross my mind. I was like, "Well, this time next week at nine forty-five, it, it probably won't even be halftime of the UK football yeah. game." You know, like mm-hmm. I won't be getting home next weekend until one o'clock, much later. Uh, but no, it, it, it was great. the The ride down, we just had a little bit of traffic on Friday, but nothing too bad. Had one of the best meals I've had in a long time in Oxford. We kind of lucked into a steakhouse. It was homecoming weekend, and we got to the hotel, dropped our stuff off. We were like, all right, well, let's go out, get go get a bite to eat and just see what we get into. And our hotel was about like a block or two away from the downtown area. I'm using quotes around the downtown area because it's just like a, a strip of buildings is the, is the extent really of Oxford's downtown. And they were having the parade. You would have thought the parade was for us with the timing that when we had gotten there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not for us. There was there was no parade for, for us. But we'd word, we did talk to some fans and just said, hey, where, where should we get a bite to eat? And it was an older couple and then their two kids. And the kids kind of like, I got stuck kind of talking to the kids. And then my buddy was talking to the older gentleman. And he said to my friend, hey, there's the steakhouse right there. It's probably the nice restaurant we've got in town. Go there. And since you all are only two people, you actually may be able to get in sooner or you can go sit in the the bar area. And then the two kids told me, they're like, yeah, there's a cheap Mexican place right here. Uh, you'll be able to get in. No problem. Because it was packed everywhere. It was super crowded. They're like, right. but you'll be able to get in there. No problem. They've got cheap beer. It's It's average Mexican food. I was like, okay, well, I know what we're getting there. So I was taking, I was like, well, we might as well go listen to them. And my buddy was like, yeah, but he said this place is really, really good. I was like, I just don't want to wait. We haven't eaten. So if we can get into this really nice place, that's fine. Sure enough, we walk in. There's spots at the bar. 
we are sitting there and the owner of the place is right next to us. So he's telling us what to order. And, oh, that's oh great. Gosh, it was so good. <laughs> it's scallops for an appetizer, fried crab meat, which was oh man, that's so, great, so amazing. And then I got a I got a little fillet steak with all the fixings on top and whatnot. Fillet, fillet. I got a fillet. Yep. Uh, my my brother's friend used to think that they were called flaming yawns instead of a filet mignon. <laughs> but my brother hangs around with some really dumb people so we're worth remembering that as well so we had some flaming yawns and it was uh ate like a king on friday night although we we went out to some bars the big bar in oxford had a 60 dollar cover 60 dollar cover that's a six and a zero afterwards folks yeah 60 dollar cover the library it's like their big popular place and by the by the talks of it for like Alabama Alabama week it's a hundred and sixty dollar cover a hundred and fifty dollar cover and I was like how do students like how would students be able to do that right Hopefully you can buy like a season pass if you're a student that gets you in for cheaper or something like that I was like yeah that that is that is wild so the place we ended up had a ten dollar cover which at like eight eight thirty eight p.m I was like this is dumb and eight yeah, you know, a cover at eight o'clock. Um, but we went in there. I, not crazy about bars in Oxford. Most of them are the places we went. They don't give the cards back, so that's how I ended up losing my credit card. Is mm. they like give it back? You know, like run it, give it back, and then if, if people don't tip on it or close it out, then you add the twenty percent and you go on with your life. But give the card back. So uh, that place has has my card. That's unfortunate. Um, you think they'd send it back to me? Probably not, right? They'd probably just tell me to kick rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just have to get a new one. I mean, it'd just be like you just throw, you stick a stamp on it, put it in an envelope. I give you my address. It's be mm. you, they care about customer service. Be easy. Sounds like it was a good time, though. Friday night was a lot of fun. I mean, it really was. It was a really, really good time. Was and it then difficult Saturday to was, Saturday yeah, was amazing. Drove, though that that. Just based on like parking and everything, how, how was it getting in and out of there? Well, we just parked at our hotel, and it was about a twenty-minute walk from like downtown to the to the Grove to the stadium. Okay, so no, it was fine, and it was kind of fun getting to like walk through the, those areas and see parts of the city that I hadn't seen before. But the Grove is the real deal. It's one of those things, Roush, where you hear people talk about it so much, and it had like, can it possibly live up to expectations? I mean, it did. It, it, it's like hard not to, you know. To it's such a simplistic idea what they have going on there, but it, it, it works out so well. It just oh, here's grassy, shaded areas. What if we don't like allow cars in here, and instead you park around the like the parameters of this area, and then everybody just walks, mingles, brings your stuff, and bada boom, bada bing. So it, it lived up to the hype. For sure, uh, every UK. It was funny too. Like Saturday morning, every UK fan you walk by, and again, I cannot, I cannot stress enough how many folks there were. But every one of them, you'd see, they'd have a smile on their face. They'd have a beer in their hand or Bloody Mary, and they'd have a smile on their face. And the old Miss fans all just like looked kind of miserable. Like, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. This is these are the ones we dread. We these are the ones we hate and. We, when we were talking to people Friday night, they were like, yeah, we'll get out. Uh, we're the Ole Miss fans. 
we'll get out there around 9.30, 9.45. And we were like, what? You're only be tailgating for an hour before you got to pack up and get inside. And they were like, yeah, that's just kind of what time we start for the early games. So it started a lot more blue Saturday morning. And then you saw more Ole Miss fans start to fill in because the UK fans were out there partying 8 a.m. before then, really. Um, but they, it, it, was, it, it was great. It was big-time college football. I just hate that the Cats came up short. It um, that, that's a lot different than the take John Wong had at the Grove. Have you did you see his his uh, did takeaway? He say he, didn't he have like it was overrated or something like that? Let me just read a quick passage uh, okay. from Wong's windings. When I first walked through the maze of tense TVs and tailgaters three hours before kickoff, I was a bit taken aback. I immediately sensed that this place was out of control. Because in my mind, I somehow pictured ornate canopies and spacious meadows filled with aristocratic gentlemen and southern bells. Everybody's dressed to the nine with unlimited access to their favorite food and drink. Instead, I was greeted by a virtual madhouse of sweaty football humanity. Frat boys, slick donors, soccer moms, average joes, grandmas, former jocks, and current drunks all crammed shoulder to shoulder under an assortment of cover you might find in various tent cities of worldwide refugee camps. Yeah, it's just a a hila- like that's a that's a hilariously bad hot take. He compared it to a refugee camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's also funny. like it's just a football it is a football game. Like you're not going to like um to play some croquet like a Mary Poppins or And it's just like not true. If he, if my only guess is that like he posted up and exclusively stayed near the SEC Nation setup which was the most congested part of the Grove. They've got like a little amphitheater set up over there. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is he just hung around that, which was crowded, that that little area. But it, I, and I'm not exaggerating. If you just walked basically 15 to 20 yards in any direction, north, south, east, or west, you, you, you have a lot more of what he, like in his perfect example of what he thought it was going to be, that was where it was. Like – and I, I do think Keeneland's like a solid comparison, except Keeneland, I would say, is more spread out than the Grove. So in some instances, the tents are kind of on one another, but like you're in the tent. So inside the tent, you'd have 20 yards, 10 yards to be able to go from one end to the other. Um, but I, yeah, I couldn't disagree more with that take, period. Like it just, it, again, if only you stayed in the SEC Nation area, only then maybe could you think it was too crowded, but all you had to do was just walk to where there was more space. The Grove went on forever. I mean, I think it's like 55 acres, you know, like that. If you thought one area was too crowded, that's on you. Hmm. That's, that's wild. It's a wild yeah, take. Wild, I, I, wild normally take. from a guy who I like his takes. Well, we'll, we'll see if we got any more wild takes like that on the Thorns text line. Five zero two four one four. 1450. What kind of Ole Miss voodoo do they put on their our cook, kicking game? My goodness. Oh, you ain't kidding. Jesus. Yeah. It, that's one of the areas that, like, it's not so much a ball bounces the wrong way sort of deal. This was more of a get that stuff figured out. Like, get the special team stuff figured out and stop letting it be a thorn in Kentucky's side because that's. A lot of points left on the off the board on Saturday. The 39-yard field goal. I mean, he was right down the pike and just hooked it. 
Oh man, I would have I, I would have bet a large sum of money it was good for my vantage point. I, I still don't know how it wasn't good. I, I'm I'm told he bare just barely missed, but yeah, it, it hooked late. Um, but then you get the block PAT. You have the messed up hold and snap. Um, and I, I I've been told too that, that that block PAT it was a bad snap hold exchange as well. Um, and it that that would have been four straight kicks against Ole Miss that just went awry for whatever reason. And I, I was talking to a buddy yesterday who's a Bengals fan and a Bengals and a Cats fan. And that game against Ole Miss, it was a lot like the Bengals and the Steelers in week one, where like you needed an extraordinary amount of circumstances to happen for the your, the other team to win. Um, it wasn't quite like you had to have injuries to long snapper, but you had to have long snapping problems. You had to have all sorts of stupid things to happen for Kentucky to lose that game. Yep, you did. Uh, it stunk. Also, I was told that on that safety, that uh, you know they downed the punt, that it should have been a touchback. I well, who, who? So yeah, maybe you can explain more because again, so that was one the thing rule, the game. I don't know. I wasn't sure what the rule was because his foot was clearly in the line. Um, in college, is different than the NFL. So like in the NFL, it's like lava. If you touch that, then it's it's out. But apparently in college, as soon as you touch it, which they did before they reached it, as long as the ball doesn't go in the end zone, it's not dead. You just got to prevent the ball from going in there. So that that's why it was down at the one. I thought it was the other way around. I thought in the NFL, you could have your whole body in the end zone as long as the ball never crossed the line or broke the plane then it's just where the ball is. But in college, if any part of you crosses the line and you touch the ball, then it's considered a touchback. Yeah, apparently it's the opposite. Yeah, because I, I I was getting ready to have a hot take, but I did wait for the rules uh, analyst to come in because he did clearly step on the line. There, there was no debating that. It's just like, was it okay to step on the line? <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Well, they, I mean, you had a very similar situation in the Green Bay Patriots game, and Tony Romo just had the exact explanation that I just gave you regarding NFL and college. So if if I am wrong, then it means Tony Romo's wrong, and I'm not wrong. Oh. Tony Romo's wrong. Just so everybody knows. Just so we're all on the just so we're all on the same page there. But yeah, again, those were just like the the little breaks, the little things that went wrong. And I will say this too, and it's I think it's worth bringing up. If UK does make that field goal, if they do make the extra points, I, I don't think it's as simple, Roush, as like they win the well, game. you have these points. Look, you one, two, three, four, five, five points left off the board, and UK wins if they do that. Or if you want to include the safety, you could even go seven points there. But Ole Miss would play differently. The whole, you know, the whole the whole format of the game ends up being a little bit different. Uh, but it is frustrating losing a close game and knowing that so many points were, were left off the board. And again, it's it part of the reason why I thought, hey, I think this Kentucky team is better than Ole Miss, but you got to find ways to close it out. And uh, I, I am there's a little part of me, Roush. I'm like so sick of this defense in the Stoops era just working their butts off and doing enough to win game after game after game and their offense just not doing enough uh, yeah, which yeah. is unfortunate you know that Tennessee game last year that I mentioned to start the show that, that may be the only loss in the Stoops era in the last three since 2018 I would say 
where like the defense actually probably had an off game and the offense did enough to win. Because it's almost always the opposite of that when UK loses a game. The defense did enough, and the offense just didn't make enough plays. And unfortunately, that's exactly what Saturday was. The defense, after a slow start, they were awesome. They were so good in the second half. And sadly, it wasn't enough for the win. I just hate that for that group of players because they they really do work their butts off. We talked about Justin Rogers last week, Roush. He, he played well. Good. Yeah, he, he, he played, played well. really like, well. It was fun to see, and I just wish so badly they could have been rewarded because they, they did plenty. They did more than enough to win that game in the yeah. second half. And and I, I, I got to tip my cap to D-Jack, D-Eric Jackson. He had – there was a couple plays where they called blitzes and he got left on a slot and burnt. But dude never got his head down and came like picked himself back up and made some huge plays. He had a big one. Uh, when they forced the field goal in the second half, and then a really, really big PBU, he, had, he almost turned into his own interception. So he did a good job filling in for Jacquez Jones, who suffered, a, I think it was an ankle injury down there. Um, but and he made a great interception that that kept Ole Miss off the scoreboard before halftime. Um, but to go back to that original play, that original safety, there are a lot of times where I think Coach Rich just got a little I don't want to say a little too cute but he he definitely wasn't calling the game like he just has Chris Rodriguez to give the ball to right like he, he's just not used to that yet mm-hmm. and I think he's got to do some adjusting like third and 12 I, I could see that safety coming before the ball was snapped it's like if they drop back here the pressure they're, they're bringing the blitz the pressure's coming it's going to be bad uh, I know fans hate just t- like that but that's why you go conservative you just run it there right you live to fight another day. You don't give the other team two points. And what your quarterback dislocated his finger, uh, that was gnarly. That that was a gnarly picture of Will Levis's finger. Yeah, and too many hits on him, as you mentioned. It seems like maybe they're starting to add up. And, again, you can make a case here or there that you, maybe he holds on to the ball too long. But still, you, you, you got to stop letting this guy take hits. Um, yeah, it was a bummer. TJ, was a bummer. did they show the did they show the picture or video of Will Levis running off the field with that finger in the stadium? No, I had to see that on Twitter. Gotcha. Yeah, they they, they did not show that. Uh, they they that would be one of my biggest issues was the the camera work at the stadium. They they were not fond of really replays anytime, but especially if it. Uh, I mean that they weren't going to show, but any controversial close calls they they did not show the replays of that was. That was a bummer. That was a bummer. Uh, all right, let's get to the text. Well, actually, maybe we need to end hour one here. Okay. Gosh, that was that was a quick segment. Hey, Tom flies when you're having fun, Teach. I will say though, nice having Chris Rodriguez back. That dude, great at He's, football. Yeah, really fun to watch. But that fourth down conversion he had, where he kind of got stood up and then just kept leaning forward. Ugh, mm-hmm. Vintage sea rod. Yep. It's good to have him back. He's a football player. All right, hour one done. We'll get to the Thornton's text line in hour number two. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big Export Training. Over. 
you say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back to our number two Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Ooh, Radio. 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Roush, what, what makes you feel better on a Monday after a loss? I know one thing that makes me feel better. Is it a big bowl of queso? Mm-hmm. Man, really hits the spot at Salsaritas. Yep, it does. It just it, it makes you feel a little bit better, makes you feel like everything's going to be okay at Salsaritas. And you got two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Do not forget, perfect for any catering needs you may have coming up in the month of October. Don't forget, uh, with the holidays around, to remember Salsaritas for your holiday parties as well. A lot of really good things going on at Salsaritas. Download that app. You'll save money. You'll save time. And you can uh, do anything and everything. You can order your lunch, your dinner, or even your catering, all at the touch of your fingers. Celebrate the big games with Salsaritas. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Roush, I was thinking we'd get into the text line unless you have something else you want to get get at. No, I think uh, I think our texters are going to take us where we need to go. So uh, let's get to it, shall we? Sure, that sounds nice. 502-414-1450. A texter says, what kind of old Miss voodoo do they put on our kicking game? Uh, we need, he, he needs to throw it away, Jesus. Jesus needs to throw it away. Wow. Weird sermon at church on Sunday. Um, That's what happened to the Ark of the Covenant. Are there any other available kickers on the roster? Yeah, Chance Poor. Jackson Smith's, I think, a punter. Although, I don't know. Kentucky offered the Trinity punter, so I I don't don't know what's going on with their future kicking situation. It is unfortunate, though. I mean, the only, like, Ruffalo, I think, is six of eight this year. And his two misses are from 39 yards. He's made a 50-yarder. It's like, come on, just make make that one. Yeah, you need and, to make that 39-yarder. And you're right, TJ, too. It's not as – you can't just do simple math. But it, I think it does change the game a little bit if it's uh, – if you're tied instead of playing from behind for the entire fourth quarter. Oh, I, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that like those points don't matter. I'm saying the opposite. I mean, they totally matter. I just don't think it's like a – plus B equals C. If Kentucky gets those, then the whole game's a little different. But, yeah, it, it. I would have rather see UK score those points and see how the game would have unfolded. But you're, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, somebody just retweeted out the Tavian Robinson rushing touchdown. That was a cool t- play. That was a cool play. Fake it to C-Rod and then pitch it forward to T-Rob, which is really cool. Yep, yep, nice. Uh, uh, yeah, it, that that is the weird thing that like sometimes you're like, Rich, what are you doing? And other times he's just in his bag and has like the coolest play calls. You know, it's just. Uh. Saturday was I, I said man probably no fewer than 120 times between the end of the game and by the time I got back to Louisville. Just <laughs> I do that like in the most like head scratching, frustrating losses. I just find myself saying man shaking my head like three mm-hmm. different times 
not not talking to anybody or even really trying to talk to anybody, but just still processing everything. It, it was a it was a triple digit man Saturday for sure. Hmm. A lot of mans. A lot of mans. Man, uh, shake your head about two or three times. That's 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 uh, how I spent the drive home. Game could be twenty one nineteen, should be twenty one seventeen, but going into halftime down twelve nineteen. Hope we can turn it around. Um, another texture from halftime. Halftime observation: Our O line and D line suck as far as pass protection and pass rush. Plus, too many mistakes keeps you from winning big row games. Second half has to be better if we are to pull out this one. Uh, I will say, like the D line has actually been pretty good. And somebody, I had somebody ask me yesterday, they're like, "You, you would know better than me. Do they just stink, or is it a scheme thing? Like, why are we not sacking opposing quarterbacks?" And some of it's by design. Right, like Kentucky gets bigger body players to stop the run. Um, those guys are in, instead of smaller guys that are just in, like Kentucky plays gap control kind of football instead of we're just shooting gaps and we're hoping to get in the backfield and cause havoc. So it is a little bit by design. You also lose JJ Weaver. Uh, that that's going to slow down your pass rush. The other. Part of it, too, is Ole Miss is a really hard team to rush the passer because they do they run the ball a lot. They run a lot of tempo. So when they pass it, it's usually kind of a deception or it's when they already got you on your heels um, and they're trying to get it out of his hands quickly. Now, the one thing that you have to do if you're Kentucky, when you call up blitzes and they, they're right there, make the tackles. I think it was the second play of the game, TJ, where DeAndre Square came in free and just missed whiffed on Jackson Dart and he rushed for like eight yards. So instead of third and 14, it's third and four. That's just a huge, huge, huge difference uh, from a play calling perspective. So um, some of it, yes, they are having to, to blitz to create more pressure instead of just a natural pressure, but like they're good calls. Just make the tackles, you know, get home. Got to finish the play. And there was uh, there was plenty of those on Saturday. Mm-hmm. A texter says, "What a farting nightmare!" Big farting nightmare. Um, another texter says, "R.I.P. to the start of the text on Monday morning." <laughs> so far, man, R.I.P. to me having to send them all over. Good grief! Y'all were mad on Saturday. Well, people don't like losing. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I want Deion really Walker to destroy the center before this day's over. Man, he he was busting some heads. Him and him and Rogers, I thought played well. Um, yeah, I just noticed Justin out there actually make you know making a difference, doing some good things. So uh, that was that, that was nice to see. What the bleep did Eric Wolford do last year? <laughs> Which is a great point because like. Just having this conversation with Freddie, I mean, a lot of like Jeremy Fox was the number one JUCO tackle in the country. Jagger Burton was the number two guard in the country. Like, there's some highly touted recruits on that line, some talented players that sometimes are just getting beat. It's it's uh, it's it's hard to it's hard concept to grasp. Yeah, yeah. tough pill to swallow. Still think we have a 9-3 and three season and then get 10 wins with the bowl, but this loss is still the Kentucky football we haven't broken through yet. Next hurdle is consistently winning close games like this, which is think we can do in the future if we keep building. This loss was just a tough 
realtors check. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since we should have won. It was a tough realtors check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in this housing market, they're even tougher and tougher to come by the realtor checks. <laughs> but I was like, I, I I think everybody had the tweet uh, sent out, or at least had the the thought in their process that, that this is Kentucky football. Not trying to like have like a hot take of like stop saying that we got to move past that. That that's not where I'm going with that. I, I'm just like every program will lose some tough games in frustrating fashion, with the exception of like four or three yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Like Kentucky's, you know, <laughs> Kentucky's won a lot of close games. Like I was, we're doing uh, photo album stuff. So I'm scrolling through my old photos and videos last night. Stumble across the Lynn Bowden game-winning touchdown, right? Uh, st- the the Citrus Bowl last year against Iowa. Like Kentucky's Kentucky's won a lot of close games, uh, but like any sort of winner, like you, you tend to remember the losses more. Um, you do, and, and that's why, like, I don't I don't chalk it up so much as like, oh, the, the old Kentucky football poked their head. I think the difference is, and this is what we should strive for is the difference is Roush the the talent gap isn't Kentucky can't overcome a ton of mistakes. They could probably overcome a few mistakes, but keep the keep working at the talent, keep we're improving the depth and get yourself to a position where you know what, you can have a couple goofs on the road and still be okay. Cuz that's that's where UK's not at. And again, guess how many programs are there? Georgia had a really bad day on the road in the SEC. They won. Now, again, Missouri, a little different than Ole Miss, obviously. But instead of it being like, oh, the old same old Kentucky football, the same old Kentucky football isn't in that game. They're not They're not playing in that situation. They're not the number 17, the seven team. That, it sounds like 17. They're not the seven team. Luckily, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, on the road playing a top 15 team where the expectation is to win the old Kentucky football. You're just wondering if you're going to be able to get on with the rest of your day by halftime, or if UK at least makes it somewhat interesting in the third quarter. So it's not the same old Kentucky football. It's actually, I'm looking at it as like, we want this program to continue to move forward. Keep improving it, make it, make it so you can have these goof ups on the road and you still come away with the win. Cause if you get to that point again, it means you're knocking on the door to college football playoffs and national championships. So that was that was one take I had regarding the old Kentucky football takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's easy to go back into our bag with that, and I don't know why I keep using that phrase today, but it, it's just the easy, safe thing to do. It makes us feel like feel like we're at home, but it's not the it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, one texter sends in a uh, photo says, as seen on SEC Nation, and it, like, somebody put St. X and Trinity logos on a sign with UK yeah, and Ole Miss really, on there? Yeah, I can't really see exactly what's going on, but it's... It, uh, I've got it, guys. I, I've analyzed it. So, it's got Kentucky again, or next to Florida. Kentucky beat Florida. You got St. X next to Trinity. St. X beat Trinity. And then UK next to Ole Miss, presumably mm. saying UK is going to beat Ole Miss. Mm. Oh. Good. Well, I like it. Nice seeing St. X on the big screen. A texture says, with Oscar's soccer skill, what are the chances we can get him on special teams? Mm. That would be fun. That would be fun. I will say, like, Oscar is a tight end on some plays. You, you're telling me you can't just, like, get him out on a cornerback, throw it up to him? 
would be a good time. Yeah. Watching him box out some. Yeah. Oh, man. That was another thing. It's just like the the dang key catch was so cool, too. It was so cool. And it, it was quite. I uh, just. Mmm. God. Also, we got to start. Barry on Brown. Guys going deep balls. So let's, 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 instead of just hitting our fingertips, let's, let's catch them. So close. Got to connect on some of those. I agree. I said the same thing. Hmm. A texture says, is Justin Rogers the most overrated D-line recruit since Matt Elam? Somebody didn't watch the game. Yeah, I just don't know what you're you're watching. Um, they are it's so It's just an far. easy take. Or it's just like an easy, lazy take to be like, highly rated defensive line recruit. Well, what's another one we've had? Uh, Justin Rogers, if he plays like he did on Saturday, that's I, that's great. Like yeah. that, That's good news for UK moving forward. Mm-hmm. And they did it with Josiah Hayes was out. Uh, there was no explanation why, um, but he was Yeah, out. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I didn't notice I, him at all. I hadn't followed up and done any digging. It was it was very much a hectic Saturday with uh, where we had uh, a few a few soldiers down that were that were watching the stand. So I was carrying a little bit of a heavier workload. And uh, Sunday, I was just like, I'm I'm drinking beers next to the bounce house. <laughs> I heard that one Adam. I heard one Adam Luckett was just being mobbed on Friday night by fans of KentuckySportsRadio.com. Oh, that's great! That's great. I uh, uh, somebody <laughs> somebody uh, texted me and said they they ran into him. And were like, oh, Nick Roush, love your work on KSR, and he just like yeah. kept going. <laughs> he didn't yeah. Even yeah, I, I'd heard, I'd heard that too. I, I saw Luckett in the Grove. He was, he was all business though. All business, Luckett, as mm-hmm. always. Well, yeah, his, he, he was over off in the corner on his phone getting tweets out. You know, just work, the working man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A, a texter says, like everyone, I'm looking forward to whoever the next coach is. I like John Gannett. Oh, says so the U of L Tex. Oh yeah. So he's going for Philly. This is this might be Trevor. Trevor's picking the Eagles defensive coordinator to be the next Louisville head coach. Trevor, if it's not Brahm, I'd think he'd he'd lose his mind. It has to be said, Mark Stoops is 0-11 on SEC rest road games. Many people are thinking he can't win the big one. Oh. Yeah. Taking taking well, the SEC, from us. If, if the SEC West is uh, quote unquote the big one then, yeah, he, he cannot win the big one. Uh, I think most Kentucky fans would consider maybe – well, do, would you consider the Louisville game the big one anymore or is the blowouts just getting a little too – Tennessee's kind of the big – well, it was yeah. Florida for a while. Now it's Tennessee's the big one. So it kind of – Okay. Yeah, yeah just, just double-checking. And all in all, and I know, like, Stoops, you do need to win on the road. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta, you gotta get that off – uh, you got to eventually beat Georgia again. All th- like we're all very happy with the direction the program's going, but yeah, these are things that you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta take care of. And they shouldn't have lost on Saturday. I thought they were the better team. I will say, I thought Stoops said all the right things in the post game. It's so easy to be nitpicky and like to jump on one thing that we don't like to hear. I thought he did a good job of mixing in accountability and the how you know it was somewhat unacceptable to find a way to lose that game with also saying like we're going to be fine you know you heard a confidence in his voice that like i'm not big picture i'm not concerned and i liked hearing that but he he was just i think as frustrated as the fans were with the way it all went down on saturday he he's i thought he said all the right things roush in a situation where it's so easy to jump on really anything a coach says 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, and Levis, he was, you know, he he took the blame for it. Um, just and, and and that's the thing, people they love dumping on him because he's the Kentucky quarterback. Kentucky's not supposed to have good quarterbacks. They're like, oh, this guy, he's not an NFL, and it's they're just quick to pile on. Uh, but as Vince Merrill said, I'm not trading Will Levis for any other quarterback in the country right now. Like he's he's awesome. Um, really did. They were in that position because of him. Um, it's just a shame that they needed him to just do a little bit more to be able to get that win. So uh, it's it's still saying take all the blame and all the fame. You know that that's the that's the nature of the quarterback position, especially when you're playing it at a high level like Will Levis is. Just go out there and beat the doors off South Carolina and everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, people yep. move on. We're back. Didn't see an eligible guy downfield on the replay. Yeah, uh, to explain that. So it was third down and uh, a, Ole Miss was called for holding, but it was negated by because Brown lined up wrong. Uh, texture. It wasn't that they had a lineman downfield, but when the receiver lines up or if anybody for that fact, if they line up on the line of scrimmage, Everybody inside of them automatically is an illegal wide receiver. He was supposed to be off the line of scrimmage. He was on it. Bates went out for a route and immediately came in eligible. So he he lined up wrong. Um, so there there was just two misalignment plays. I mean, really, all of those big drives at the end they were crippled by procedure penalties. That just unacceptable, unacceptable. Yeah. Another texture says, the more I see that Ruffalo field goal, the less convinced I am that it was outside the upright. Again, I would have lost a lot of money in the stadium if somebody said, is that kick good or bad? I would have said it was 100% good. I saw it with my own eyes. So, oh well. It it went over the upright, right? Am I thinking of the right one? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it did. Because there was there was one in the game that reminded me a lot of Indiana and Duke in the pinstripe bowl. I think it was 2016. Indiana lost the game because it went over the upright, and the explanation was that the upright goes straight up. So if it mm-hmm. if you're imagining the upright going straight up, does it hit that upright if it goes over? So I I think that's what it was. Oh, we got uh, – yeah, that. so that is the rule, Scoots. If it goes over the upright, it's supposed to be as if the upright just extends to all the way to outer space. And if it's on the inside of it, it's good. If it's on the outside of it, it's not good. Hmm. No bueno. Another texture says, Mel Tucker, Tucker is not that guy. Yeah, Michigan State lost by 14 to Maryland. Yeesh. Whew. Really rough. Really, really rough. Yeah, again, it could be worse. Why is there so much social media and message board concern about Brown transferring after the season? Is that a- <laughs> oh, man, that that's like some classic Kentucky fan paranoia. Like, is it really that? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either. So, like, there there must this person must be in weird parts of the Internet. Uh, 245 all-purpose yards. Um, I calculated it out. I think it was 166 kick return yards. That's the fourth most in single game history. And he did it in three returns. <laughs> Just crazy. The dude's awesome. Yeah, special player. Uh, and then, you know, there, I do think there is some like, hey, every player is fair game to leave or come in after a season. It, it, recruiting isn't just your the high school kids anymore. So you, know, you got to keep him happy, but I don't know why why he wouldn't be. I mean, look what he's getting as a freshman. What would that mean as a sophomore, as a junior? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash ESPN showed the old Miss coaches box more than anyone else. I hate ESPN. Oh man, at one point too, they had a split box with um, Charlie Weiss Jr. in there. That was it was just totally unnecessary. Like, come on, we don't we don't need this in the middle of the play. We ran the ball every first down. We have to start trying to play action pass on first down. Cards suck. Hoosiers really suck. Um, uh, man, I don't, I don't want to be that guy and bring up the exact drive, but I can. But I'm almost certain that after Chris Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez picked up a first down, then Kentucky tried to throw it on first down and got behind the sticks and the drive stalled. Pretty sure that's what happened. So I, while I'm with you, maybe mix in some easy passes. Um, I, I get it to an extent, but also like they didn't do that every time and it, it kind of showed why. <laughs> a texter says, Roush, true story. The barber you and Duke go to is actually my brother's favorite barber. Says he always gets the straight fire cuts from him every time he goes. Great text. Yeah, Beachmont Barbershop, baby. We'll see Beeler. He's good. He also put in a basketball goal. We'll pop a shot for Duke to, to play on there. Wow. So, good times. A texter, and we can all relate to this, says, my feelings are so hurt. hurt. Yes, they are. Very hurt. Very, very hurt. Some of my fan, some of my friends are getting on Scangarello, but I, he called a good game in my opinion. The fake to Chris and the run with Will was a good call, and he had a first down. He just fumbled. I, I thought it was a great call. Like in the, yeah. in the moment, I loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. And then even in real time, I actually thought he was down. Just the way his body kind of slung and then right, the ball right. Up. And again, I think if you call him down on the field, you may have a tough time overturning it. But in the offense stayed out there. You know, I think they thought that he was down as well. It was close. I mean, it really was as bang bang as it got. I, I liked that. I liked the play call. Just you, Will's just got to really prioritize possession a little bit more in those situations. And again, you know, like the the fumble later on, the next one he has. It's just like, there is a part of it that's just bad luck. And then on that play, there is a part of it that's bad luck, but. Just be more protective of the ball. And, yeah, yeah, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. where maybe you should have just given it to your bully of a running back and just let him plow people through and chew up more clock and take up more time. But the play worked. You just got to hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. I went back and did look at some of the um, textures things uh, that, that he brought about throwing on first down. So, on the two long-scoring drives Kentucky had, one of them started with a first-down rush by Chris Rodriguez. Another started with a first-down pass to Dan Key. So, they're happening. Same thing happened um, on the the like two plays before the Tavion Robinson rushing touchdown. They threw it to Chris on first down, and he gained 15 yards. Uh, they threw in a screen pass. So, they are throwing the ball on first down. They're, they're doing that. That's the, that's the point. A texter says, we made like 10 mistakes. If we make nine, we win. Disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. That That's who that's tough. Oh, gosh. That just. Yeah. And, you know, I think everybody looks at the mistakes too early on. If you just also don't get out of the gate so slow, could be a different ballpark as well. A whole different, whole different story there in the second half. A texter says, how about that lock of an over scoots? How about a big suck at Plumley, bro? <laughs> TJ one to ten. How was the Grove experience? I, I would I'd give it a 
a good old fashioned nine. I, it was awesome. It was really good. Luckett Luck get it. another middle eight tweet. Middle eight Luckett. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and this this is with a part where like I would like to mention to the texture. Uh, I would just like them to reference the last two Missouri games. No other football program in the country has gone through more excruciating and heartbreaking losses in the last 10 years of Kentucky football. Borderline, just not healthy. Yeah, I think Missouri has in just the last two weeks. Like, you you think that because you're a Kentucky fan, but you don't pay as close attention to other teams, and that's why you think that. Like, I, I'm everybody loses heartbreaking games, Texture. Kentucky's won their fair share of uh, great games. It's, it's not all that ugly. Which, yeah. by the way, Missouri should have, like, when they committed, that was a classic Kentucky football because they were punching above their weight. They had a first and goal from the one. They commit a false start, had to settle for a field goal. That was where the, the game was won and lost right there. And there are some, I mean, UK, whether football or basketball, you're right, Roush. Anybody's favorite team that you follow long enough will have heartbreaking losses. But, man, that 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 Tennessee game last year in football and then the Ole Miss game in football. And, again, you got to take into consideration the situations of them, too. You just you've got so much to play for, so much on the line, so much momentum built up. I will say that would probably be my my least favorite thing about Stoops is it seems like there's been probably 15 times in the Stoops era where it's like everybody's on board. You feel like you're about ready to just run through a freaking wall with this momentum, and then it's just I wouldn't say so much like Lucy pulling the football away situation, but more of just like you you pull up to a one-way road roush and it's the little person that has the slow or the stop. And like, you know, if it's slow, it's your all's turn to go. If it's the stop, you have to wait for the oncoming traffic. And it seems like we just get the stop. We don't even get the slow. We get the, just stop that momentum right there. We'll rebuild it. You'll get a go eventually, but let's just, let's tap the brakes here for a moment. That would be my one stoops criticism. A lot of times feels like we're about ready to spread our wings and fly. Oreo Speedwagon, time for me to fly. Only to be halted on the ground. A texture says, actually feel really bad for Ruffalo. He didn't, if he doesn't miss the two key kicks against Ole Miss, we would have been put in a position to win the previous two games against them in our last two meetings. That had to be such a long flight home for him. Well, it really wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, I, there, there's got to be just something mentally in his like it's just killing him. It's, it's absolutely killing him. I don't, I don't know what it is about that team, but whew. brutal, absolutely brutal. Um, hey, how about we we take our final break? Yeah, let's do that. We'll take our final break. We'll come back more text to wrap up the show. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Whoa. Big Exports Radio. Howdy, Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale. Who else wants something? I want a bicycle. A bicycle? Well, a bicycle would take a lot of balloons. And honestly, Uncle Jeremy's a little tired right now. So why don't we do something like, uh, let's say, a giraffe? I just want a bicycle! Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Why, why are you yelling at me? Whatever, make me a bicycle, clown! 
One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on the radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, replay of the show, 9 to 11, however you are listening. And you can check us out. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast if you're unable to listen live. I had a ton of compliments on my Shady Rays down at Ole Miss this past weekend and saw several other people wearing Shady Rays as well. They were everywhere down in the Grove. It was a beautiful sunny day. Uh, The game, it was really, really sunny, so I was happy to have my Shady Rays on. And you can get yours at ShadyRays.com. And do not forget to use promo code BIGX. Save 25% off on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. Somebody posted a picture of their Shady Rays order, and they are going to be rocking out, styling and profiling in a good group of sunglasses. They've got styles, fits, colors, you name it. They got everything at ShadyRays.com. Go to their website. You will be blown away by just the setup of their website and just how much stuff they have. Do not forget, you got 30 days to try it. If you don't like it, money back, guaranteed. But what I think is even cooler is the replacement pair promised. You could have these sunglasses for a year, break them, lose them, have them stolen, step on them, whatever happens to them, they are going to replace them for you. It's a great deal. And it's part of the reason Shady Rays is the best company of all. Check them out, ShadyRays.com. All right. Um, I just want to briefly read a headline. Uh, Lake Erie fishing tournament rocked by cheating scandal after contestants were allegedly caught stuffing fish with weights. Oh, I've seen all the videos of this. This has been a big TikTok thing. Oh, nice! Uh, it's it's an ele- the video's electric. I mean, they ca- they catch the guy red-handed, and I'm not I'm not I don't really know exactly how fishing tournaments work. Or I mean, I have an idea. Like they have the podium. I think they come and they weigh your best fish or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I don't know if this is after the tournament or if it's this actually is that the official weigh-in. This is the official weigh-in. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the official weigh-in or after because kind of the way some folks are staggered makes it look like maybe it's not the official official event. But anyways, they they go, and I don't know what – you can't really tell in the video what prompts it, but what I've read is this guy has a reputation or people have accused him of this, that, or the other for a while. But yeah. I don't know what actually led to them being like, hey, we're we're cutting open your fish. But they just right there in front of everybody cut open the fish and they find these giant like weight weighted balls in the fish. And I don't know, they probably end up finding 15 throughout three or four different fish. And it is the scene is unbelievable. I don't even know what really I guess the only thing you could pair it to is like when they the deflate gate for the Patriots is if like the referee went out to the field with a little like PSI, like a little, I don't know. and just checked it right out there. And then they were, I guess you get it sometimes in baseball with the pine tar with the pitchers or with the cork bats back in the day. You had that from time to time, but to get caught red handed right there in front of everybody, they wanted to they wanted to beat the absolute ever loving crap out of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And instead oh like he, he's gonna go to jail. Like he's going to go to jail, jail. And they, they say they're like, nobody can touch him. We're gonna get the cops here. But you gotta think of it that way. Like they give out, you know, some fishing tournaments, what, like hundred and fifty thousand, half a million, probably more than that. I don't know what this one was, but that's yeah, it's just fraud. 
So wow. it was it was electric. Did your article give more details? Obviously, I missed out on some things. Um, it it, it wasn't uh, heavy on the details, but like they're finding the fact that they're finding other fillets in there is pretty gross. Like that you're stuffing these fish with. Typically in fishing tournaments too, I know at least and so this is walleye on Lake Erie. In bass ones, the fish still have to be alive. So I guess in this case, oh, um, so that was other fish meat. Because in the video, you see them taking out pieces of the meat. And I thought that, again, you can't really make out a lot of what the people are saying. I thought that they were like, hey, this is a sign that this is an old dead fish. Like, this meat's no good. So no, that, that was putting meat. other fish in there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a sick weirdo. Yeah. I mean, it's one, it's just, it's so crazy to go to that links to cheat. But you know what? Cheaters are going to cheat. I, I just appreciate that they like, the the other people knew because and, and that's the thing with fishing too like you can ask something and you'd be like that's not whatever they say the weight is i love the fact that people had caught up with them enough that they were just like preparing to catch them red-handed like they they were waiting for an opportunity to cut the fish open and that that's how consistently they've cheated though that they knew that they would be weighted once they cut them open that's crazy crazy that, story that's the thing is just like the, the blank stare of the guy, he's not even like looking at the fish because he knows. I mean, he knows what's in there. So he's just like staring off in the distance, thinking to himself, like, I'm going to jail. Like, every, you know, he's done. He's never going to do a fishing tournament again. Mm -hmm. His whole reputation's ruined and quite literally a criminal. But yeah, wild story in the <laughs> how, world of fish. How crazy is it that like fishing and chess have had two of the craziest cheating scandals of the year? <laughs> yeah. That's just as we all expect. Yep, just as we all expected. Let's get back to this Thorns text line. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the number. Um, what's so annoying is that Ole Miss wasn't even that impressive of a team. Their super hurry-up offense was the biggest strength of them offensively because our defense just wasn't used to that tempo. That quarterback is extremely average to below average. This loss will sting as much as the Florida losses have stung in the past in that same category. What's really frustrating is that it, um, it like Wayne Kiffin kind of just digging in afterwards. Like, oh, we heard their comments uh, about the offense. And then he had some, like, man, to hold the number one pick in the draft, only 19 points. And it's like, yeah, because he had two turnovers inside the 20 in the final two minutes. And also they missed field goals. And, uh, extra points like there. There's a lot more points on the board that Kentucky just left out there because of mistakes. Like your your defense wasn't wasn't a world beater, Lane. It did what right. it had to do to win, but like, come on, suck it, Lane. Well, I mean, that's the thing though. When you win, you can say those things. Yeah. It can be frustrating to us, but that that that's why again. And I'll, I'll I also texture thought the same thing. And I thought like I didn't think Ole Miss was world beaters or anything like that. And I thought the same thing about Florida, where it kind of felt like, hey, this is a chance maybe to like steal a quote unquote top fifteen win without really probably having to beat a quote unquote top fifteen team. But I'll say this, I just I, I think once Kentucky has elevated its program to playing in games like this, like I, I think Ole Miss probably is a top 15 team or a top 20 team. I, I think like we just view the, the landscape differently because now we're there. Like we're we're in the thick of it as well. It doesn't make the loss any easier. It doesn't really change anything. But I do think Ole Miss probably is a legitimate top 15, top 20 team. 
Kentucky did squander an opportunity to, to, to get a win on the road at that place. And I think it speaks more of a testament to we don't view a team like Ole Miss as almighty because Kentucky probably is the more talented of the team that came up a little bit short. So I agree with you in some regards, disagree in some others. Um, and I was also thinking to myself how all the porta potties in the Grove Roush are called hotty toddy potties. Oh, that's good. Really like that. It was. Good. You ever had a hot toddy? Yeah, I've, I've tried it. Yeah. Not not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. Okay, gotcha. I need to try one of those hot toddies once once or twice. TJ, did you rip that bar scene down in Ole Miss? Uh, he he shared some tales from down there, but you gotta you gotta check out the podcast if you missed hour number one. Yes, you will. It was a uh, it was a good time. It was fun. Uh, yeah, I think like I was back at my hotel bed at like ten thirty or eleven. To be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> TJ, did, uh, why did we take out C-Rod's hands when we need a big play three times a day? Unreal. Yeah. Um, the the one where they got it down inside the 30 with Chris and then quit running it with him, I was like, ugh. I forget which drive that was. That one upset me more. But to go back to that one third and two play, I didn't mind that at all. Um, wouldn't have minded a run, too, after the, the fade thing didn't work. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the same thing. Just maybe hand it off there, and, and then also didn't love that they were, were, whatever they were doing. It looked like they were going to the short side of the field on the pass, which I, you know, that's you're always asking for trouble over there. But a texture, but it didn't matter. It got it was fumbled anyways. Question: Caller on the post game show said Brown didn't have to be set since he was off the line of scrimmage. Is that true? How does that work? Can we have a guy in motion, but technically he wasn't meant to be in motion? Well, see, and that that's the part where it's fishy because if you're off the line of scrimmage, technically you don't need to be set. That's why. But like he wasn't in an actual motion. Like he he wasn't running down the parallel to the line of scrimmage. Right? Uh, they could argue that he was moving forward towards the line of scrimmage when it was snapped and he needed to be set before you could snap it. It's, it's, a, it's very ticky-tack. It's a bo- it, it was a bogus call. Yeah. And, and really, if you want an illegal, there, there was a couple times where I thought Isaiah Cummings was moving forward on his motion um, that should technically be illegal. But, like, it, it, it was kind of ticky-tack to be able to throw that. The ref was certainly looking out for it. But you just, just wait a second. Like, that was – they weren't very hard on Levis in the post game, but Scangarello was like, "You, know, I, I know you had a good look, Will, but it's your job to make sure everybody's set. Like that's you have to be, like, just wait. That, that that look wasn't going away. That matchup wasn't going away. And, there, and there's truth to that. And then going back to what we had already talked about, I do after that played and were I, I, I loud idiot me. I should have known that there was going to be a flag on the field the second it was caught because like I, I the touchdown catch happens. I'm obviously excited in the stands. All you know, all this happens in a span of like three seconds, but it feels like it's like 45 in your head. And Roush, I, I even did get to the point. I was like, "Well, did UK score too early? Like, Ole Miss has three timeouts. Is they're going to need a touchdown? But with the Lane Kiffin offense, they may be able to get in a minute and five seconds with three timeouts, or a minute with three timeouts may as well be an eternity in college football." Did they score too much time? It does just bring me back to the point of like, I wish they would have just ran the ball there on, uh, on the replay of first down. Mm-hmm. But then, you imagine you get like three yards. Probably worst case scenario, maybe you end up getting six or more. Best case scenario, 
either way, you bring it down to about a, mi- a half a minute left, 30 seconds, somewhere in that ballpark, where then it's second down, you have 30 seconds, you could throw it twice to the end zone if you want. You could probably even still do one more running play if you, you know, if you got it down to like the two. You could probably still do one more running play. You'd have enough time. I, that 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 was probably my biggest. Like I wish they didn't do that, but it was again. It was just sort of bad luck on the on the fumble. I don't think anybody was anticipating that was going to happen. But mm-hmm. the texter says when you schedule a six a.m. flight, but the night before you were a groomsman at a wedding with an open bar and as many left-handed cigs as you want. By the way, I'm 32 and can't be doing this. <laughs> The 6 a.m. fly the next day, like, flight is brutal. Yeah, yeah, you're really, you're really asking for it. I know sometimes, like, that's the only way, right? Like, the, you get kind of handcuffed. It's either 6 a.m. or like one the next day. Sometimes it's just, it's just worth biting the bullet. You know, wait until later. What's wrong with our special teams and our line? Wallabaugh came in for flax and gave up the fumble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. And I love the like. I I thought we would get a lot of cramps, TJ. We didn't get that many. And when flax, it's like, dude, just go down. You're obviously like in a lot of pain. (laughs) I said the same thing. Yeah. Is Uh, Yinzer the problem? Well, the it's hard hard to explain. Hard to explain um, at this juncture. Uh, Also, notice they didn't. They've, they've, they've gone away from doing any sort of rollout stuff with Levis. Might, might want to try that again against South Carolina. Fortunately, um, I don't know if it was pointing out the Texan or where, but South Carolina stinks on pass rush. They're like 119th in sacks in the country. So that should be a good time to get right for this offensive line against South Carolina. Another texter says, I don't know. I'm just worried. Our quarterback can get the ball to his wide receivers because he's always on his back. And that is the one frustrating part is that you're at a point, TJ, where you have some guys who can make some plays down the field, but your quarterback isn't getting enough time to be able to let those guys run those routes. Yeah. it's uh, And then when sometimes when they set it up, it, again, they, they'll, take a, they'll take a shot every now and then. So you, you think you can do it, but. Just want it to be a little bit more consistent and reliable. C-Rod lost two fumbles last year in games we won, and it was and it's we can't and it's we can't have fumbles, and fumbles are unacceptable. Levis fumbles twice and we lose the game, and it's Will gives us all he's got, and he's a warrior, and all we hear from the staff. Levis should have handed the ball to C-Rod on that third and two. He was playing hero ball on that play. That was obviously a called run to Will Levis texture. I I they ran zero read options all game. You think that all of a sudden they're just starting to call RPOs and give Levis the option? Like, no, that was that was a called run to Will Levis. Did you guys find it weird that they didn't review the last fumble at all? Probably was a fumble, but seemed like he could have been coming forward and at least could have been looked at. I yeah. Thought that, I thought I, the same thing. I don't the, – the replay non-reviews in that game were – Frustrating to me, and then the, the the fact that they reviewed the the Jordan Dingle one, like, dude, he was obviously across. Well, yeah, that, that that was wild. I that mean, that it, replay official stunk. Uh, yeah, Texter, I thought the same thing. Probably a fumble, but I think you can again. It's just one of those things in football where I don't think anybody really actually knows. You can make a case that he had started his forward motion because he quite literally was. The issue is before it even like gets to be where the ball is coming. That's the thing is it starts coming out on his motion of passing, 
but once he's bringing it forward, it's already all loosey-goosey. So people are assuming that it's just already out at that point. When in reality, the only reason the ball does what it does is because he is throwing it, you know? But he's throwing a, a loose ball. It, it's it's as bang-bang as it gets, but the fact they didn't even look at it was weird. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, I, I, they never call that targeting when Will Evans got hit, but, like, why don't you call lowering your head targeting? It, it's only uh, for receivers, right? They never call it on run plays. Um, targeting's a stupid rule. It's a dumb rule. Yeah. College football has to fix it. Because there was one later on when I was watching that Georgia-Missouri game. I mean, the dude just got – I mean, it was a lower the head right into receiver and nothing. Not a call on the field, not a replay stoppage. Like, it's just – it's so inexplicable. Fix it, college football. Fix it. I still think Kentucky did enough where they should have won. I'm not blaming the officials for the loss. But that's why, to start the show, it was like you just got some bad breaks. That Those were – you had two bang-bang calls as close as could be. And you just, they don't, they're not going to go your way. They're, they're not always going to go your way. And neither one went Kentucky's way on, on Saturday. A texter says, God, our O-line and special teams are so bad. The special team stuff is so annoying. Hmm. Very annoying. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just stuff that you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have happen. The offensive line, it's obviously going through something this year. I still think they play hard and I think they'll be able to do a good enough job to, to win a lot of games, but. Yeah, they're 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 gonna make their mistakes big time. Being, being ranked, 13th, ranked yeah, being ranked thirteenth isn't horrible after a loss. I thought also that was a little bit far of a drop for losing to number fourteen on the road by three right. points. The game you should have mm-hmm. won, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, behind one loss, Oregon, who had only beat BYU at home, Utah, who hadn't beat no one. Behind Penn State, who hasn't beaten no one, is a little BS. With that said, being ranked 13th means the old Miss game didn't kill our chances, and we have no margin for error now. We have to beat USC and Mississippi State and hopefully get back into the top 10 after that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit too far of a drop. I agree with you. Yeah, um, but you're, as I said, you're still within reach. AP voters, they've been kind of all over the place this year. So, um, you know, you kind of got to take it for what it is. and. Just keep on moving along, moving along. Keep on winning, and you can be in the right spot to play in a New Year's Six game at the end of the year. Another texture says, I went to visit my parents, and local candidates have started putting out signs for the election coming up. I was so mad after the game, they had a sign of a candidate I didn't like, so I ran over it twice. Oh, come on, buddy. That's You're better than that. Wow, bringing politics you're, to you're the You're better than that. John here. Good morning, dog. Gosh darn it, this sucks. I'm drinking coffee this morning and listening to KRC and singing some Little Texas. What might have been in my head? We will bounce back. I still love this team. Hey, did you guys see Mahomes 360 spin touchdown? Watching Mahomes play is like watching a video game simulator. We'll got to go talk to you later. Uh, They put it it on. so cool. Yeah. The texture says, (laughs) hey, guys, I'm prefacing this as I'm not an X's and O's, guys, but can you answer why we don't run bootlegs, roll out QB outside the pocket to give Levis more time to throw or potentially run? I thought Richie S. was bringing a more West Coast offense. Isn't that a big part of that scheme? I still love this team, and I think we can still go 10-2. and two. Hey, Roush kind of talked about that. Yeah, he it, it was such a disaster early on that they got away from it, but I, I think we'll, we'll bring some of that back uh, against South Carolina. Just a hunch. The texter says, many are wondering if TJ was involved in that frat fight. No, not me. Did you see the video of that, <laughs> That Roush? was a great video, though. Oh, my gosh. There's one dude who just gets rocked multiple times, and – uh, I don't even think knows it. I don't even think realizes what's going on. But yeah, there was a big 
frat fight in the student section at Ole Miss. Uh, I was not a part of it, but that looked brutal. What losers? Go, go. There's better things to do. You all, all have the easiest lives of 99.9% of the population. Go, go have some fun, bros. Uh, we know that South Carolina is really bad. We also know that Mark Stoops has broken all the that's old Kentucky football narratives. I even feel like we win most of those games now. We did in the Belk Bowl, Citrus Bowl last year, a few games, Lynn Bowden year, the list goes on and on. The one narrative that stands true is Mark Stoops' teams always stack losses. Is there a chance that happens Saturday against a bad South Carolina team? There is a chance, and that's going to uh, – they're going to have to combat that all week. They're going to have to find a way to get up off the mat. Um, they, I, I'm, I will not be betting Kentucky in the points against South Carolina but because it, it'll probably – end up being a game where, like, TJ, my, my script for this, it's like the Missouri game last year. They should be up, like, four touchdowns, but you have a dumb turnover, and you let them hang around longer than they should, and then, like, South Carolina has a backdoor cover late. Honestly, what you just said is my guess of how the game ends up going. Missouri game last year was a perfect way to to summarize it, so well done. But I, I think you can, you can really send a message if you just go out there and pummel South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You beat the brakes off of them. I think it, it would really say a lot. And uh, or you go out there and you kind of do more of the same ugliness, and maybe that becomes the identity of what this team is. But big identity game on Saturday. Kicker hot take: Ruff barely missed the field goal. D line penetration blocked the extra point, and Ruff isn't responsible for the bad snap. Ruff isn't as bad as we're overreacting to. I agree with that. I don't. I, I think the the emphasis shouldn't be on on him. Yeah, and, and I think most people are just saying special teams stink. And and the thing is, too, is that's not fair either because of the big returns by Brown. It's just we've had a – there has been some weird special team stuff this year because um, you had the long snap, too, um, yeah, that caused a safety. Or like Kentucky's given up two safeties this year. What the hell? Yeah, and you uh, – yeah, there, there were some good things with special teams, some bad things, but just too too inconsistent should should get cleaned up. A texter says, just absolutely sick. Couldn't even watch football the rest of Saturday or Sunday. Just really don't understand how Levis can't throw the ball away. And then on the first fumble, can understand. It's Gangarello not knowing, but Levis knows he's been playing. Anyways, can I get a come on from Scooter to lighten up my day? Oh, to take come on. I missed the line. I can't throw the ball away. And then on the first fumble, why the hell did he take that away from C-Rob? Gotcha. Hmm. Another person says, thought the cats were like Georgia, according to KSR. Oh, well, you must be terrible at reading because it was obviously a quote from somebody else. Says, they're a poor man's Georgia, says college football analyst and quarterback guru. That was the actual headline. So, like, you really went out of your way to not read any of it. That was actually the field of 12 goobers. So, suck it, goober. No QB is going to want to transfer here if our current QB is constantly on his back. And the offensive line has to be better. As much as we always hype up, like, look how much you have to sell at the wide receivers and running back and a fun offense, you, the, the texts are there's some truth to that where it's like you're going to also have to make some promises this offensive line will be better. Now just show them hopefully the last, like, seven years of UK's offensive line and just talk about how this year is kind of the exception and there's a lot of young folks. Yeah, and you're probably going to hit the portal for some offensive line players as well. Um, but to their point, like, that is a uh, – might be a, you know, a little bit of a concern, so uh, need to start taking care of your quarterback better. Random question, but something I've been curious about. With the rise of the combo guard as an official position classification and recruiting guys playing one and two, do you think there will be a combo forward classification come about? Thinking about guys like Livingston, seems like there's more and more of them nowadays that could easily be three and or four combo forwards. 
uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to say maybe basketball for tomorrow or later in the week. But yeah, good point. Uh, maybe like, yeah, sure. Combo fours, combo threes. Positionless Eight, basketball. Oh. Yeah. It's from Kirby. A couple goofs on the road is soft serve. I think we'd overcome a couple goofs, Terry. You can't go there and be totally incompetent in the kicking game. Trip a touchdown return, illegal shift on the game-winning touchdown, two fumbles by our best player in the red zone, drop screen pass by Smoke, and McLean next to lead to zero points. Should have been a touchdown or two win. Hardest thing for me right now is because I think we all know this team and love is special and we want to take advantage. Got to win a couple. Uh, got to win the next couple in at Tennessee. Let's get it. But that's the thing, Kirby, is that, like, what what can you do about that? I mean, everything you just pointed to, If maybe if any of those things don't happen, Kentucky wins. And unfortunately, like eight of them did happen. Yes, mm-hmm. you can make a case, be cleaner. I we would all agree to that, but you gotta sometimes put your hands up and be like, damn, that's bad luck. Like that's just yeah. that sucks. You know, it sucks that that he got tripped up on a return. It uh it, it sucks that UK couldn't capitalize. Two kind of freakish fumbles to some degree. It, just in both instances that Either time, if it doesn't happen, you're probably winning the game. You score the game, a go-ahead touchdown with 66 seconds left and a bogus ticky-tack penalty. Like, yes, it needs to be cleaner, but it just sucks that you couldn't get away with it even with the ugliness because you were so close to escaping there with a win. Uh, this came from a U of L fan, Kevin. Kevin says, stop all the excuses. You were not the better team. You lost. Yes, oh. I can confirm Kentucky did lose, but unfortunately, UK was the better team. Oh, I can also confirm that Louisville did lose too, um, like they do most Saturdays. And UVL's athletic program is in a purgatory of stink, pal. Free fall. Time to move on to crushing Beamer and Rattler this Saturday. Yeah, it'd make I everything better. If, if there is one good thing, Stoops does get fired up for this game. So he should have his players fired up as well. Yeah, they should be hungry. I feel like they we've been pinned by opposing team punts consistently this season, just bad luck two-fourths of our first drives were started within our 10. I mean, some of that could be special teams as well, but some of it's also... Well, was like, the sun that big of a problem, TJ? I know you had your shady rays on, but like, I felt like Tavion Robinson didn't catch one of those because the, the sun was so bad. The sun was pretty bad. Like, if I was having to catch footballs in there, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's an excuse or not, but it was sunny, very, very sunny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's another special teams thing. I think we'd all agree special teams just needs to be better. Yep. What's the new realistic expectation for this team? Still, Atlanta, just good bowl game with two or three losses. It's kind of the crappy thing. We don't have a ton of time to talk about it, but like, I think the expectation should still be do everything you can to get to a New Year six, mm-hmm. and that that's the goal. If you that's the only crappy thing though is if you lose one more game, you could probably maybe get away with one more, maybe, and go ten and two regular season and still possibly get New Year six. The crappy thing is though, Roush, if you don't get New Year six. It's probably like an Outback Bowl, which is good. Like, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Outback Bowl. But I think UK fans are, you, 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 things get repetitive sometimes and there's not the excitement level. So I think people are going to look at that as the Citrus Bowl and they're going to look at, oh, we've been to kind of a Citrus Outback Bowl thing three out of the last five years. You throw in a Gator Bowl, you know, like it, I, that. that's what I'm a little worried about is it could be a really good season. Yeah, and it could be a really good season. You could let it slip all away. Oh, man, TJ lost his fastball a little bit there. Um, but, hey, we, we can still adjust. There's still plenty of time to win and keep moving forward. Um, but, you know, that we can have a bigger discussion about that later in the week. After the Cats lost, I went to a nice steak dinner to watch away the stench of the loss. My buddy ordered the Wagyu steak. Menu says market price, so he doesn't know how much. 
It was 180 bucks. Talk about a bad day for my friend. Ooh, yeah. Oh, would, that's, that's about how much you got to imagine that's going to be at a nice place. Yeah. Levis takes too long to throw the ball. The offensive line is not strong enough to consistently keep the rush out of his face. On the last UK drive, Levis got rid of the ball much quicker instead of waiting for the plays to develop. The quick pass offense worked much better for Levis. Uh, yeah, some of it's on him for sure. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, the offensive line would be perfect and he'd have all the time in the world, but that's not the case. The motion guy has to be set first before you can begin the motion. That's the answer to our question. Another texter repeats that as well. Um, they have to, all eleven have to be set at some point, and he was not. Um, Wild to see the, the Cats as a ten and a half point favorite over South Carolina. Yeah, people stuck at the. South I don't Carolina. think so. Like, I, I think Kentucky should win that game by two touchdowns. But you just gotta, and, and that's another thing for better or for worse. This UK, I don't think this UK team has played even an A minus game yet. Like I don't think we've seen an A ranking from this uh, from this team. Hopefully, yeah, Florida was it, close to it. They they played pretty well down there. Um, but, yeah, yeah, the uh, offense uh, had some issues with. You know, the, I think the Danky covered up a lot of stuff. But regardless, they got the win. That's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. This instance, they didn't play their best game. They got the loss, and that's what makes it a little bit more frustrating. But their best game's out there somewhere. And uh, when when they put it all together, I bet it's going to be a pretty fun Saturday, whenever that may be. Every play is reviewed in the booth. The game is not always stopped to review. And I thought that's that's our point, though, that the replay guy should have stopped more because he stunk at his job. I thought touchdowns and turnovers that were the case, but like you needed more time to look at both of those fumbles. You just the only replay review they stopped was because it went to a quarter for the Tavion Robinson one, and there wasn't enough to overturn that. Uh, All right, we're out of time. Thanks, everybody, for the text. Long show today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more maybe about the game or the weekend, but start turning our sights on to UK's SEC home opener against the Gamecocks. You can get right back on track with a big old win on Saturday. Everybody have a great Monday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We're ready with Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale.